I'm David Wallach, a writer with Innovation in Tech today, and welcome to a special episode of Innovation Tech Talks. You see, what started out as a Zoom call for a story on Mother's Day with Miriam Gamal, an autism expert, a life coach, and an expert on MERT, a groundbreaking technology used to analyze brainwaves and help people with everything from anxiety to PTSD, well, it turned into much more. It turned into an amazing conversation about Miriam's journey, a company called Wave Nero, and a technology that is giving people with no hope, new hope. Even more than that, it's a story about a mom, her love for her daughter, and the lengths we as parents go to, to do what it takes to make sure our children are okay. And in Miriam's case, she also changed the world. So this did start out as a Zoom call. There aren't all fancy lights. We don't even have microphones, but Miriam's story is so special decided to share it with you anyway. So let's jump right in. I said that my mom is from Panama. My father was in the U.S. Army. Okay. And, uh, but he, he never told me he was actually born here until I was later on in my adulthood. So I guess they're both from Panama. But I identify myself being sort of American and Panamanian. I'm, I'm both. My son was diagnosed with autism when he was three and he's nine now. Really? And very much like you. I'm a, my real job is I'm a TV producer. I produce movies and TV shows and I write for this magazine as a, another release. Um, and my job is to fix things. And this was the one thing. You couldn't fix? Couldn't fix. And I actually wrote an article about it for a parents magazine that I was working at an ad agency and the owner of the agency but his daughter is also on the spectrum. And when my son got diagnosed, I fell apart in the hallway. He actually brought me into his office and sort of mentored me. He's like, your life just changed forever. And you do whatever you can for the rest of your life to make sure that he has what he needs. Um, and he's flourished. I get it. I get it. Um, for me, it's about flourishing, not only with my daughter, but helping others do the same. It's something that I live for now. I mean, I think that every parent who gets a child diagnosed with autism feels like their life is over for a little bit. Um, and then you realize, no, it's not. It just means it's something new. And, um, and it took me quite a few years to realize it. And because I've sort of been through hell and back, I feel so much power in this message I have for other parents going through the same thing of, no, wait, your life isn't over. It's not over so much you can do for your child but you know life is today really and most of us what do we do we think about tomorrow we don't think about right now and most of the time we're pretty good we're okay and so it's about that catastrophe in the future that we are you know what's going to happen when I'm not here will he talk will she get married and all these things that cause so much uncertainty is what we feel like our life is going to be based on fears and so I'm devoting my life to just getting people right back here Come back here. Come to me. What can we do now? What can we do here in this space today when we could actually do something? No, doesn't matter how much you're going to think about the future. It doesn't matter. You cannot control it. Impossible. You cannot control the future. You can't control the rain. You can't control how it speaks. But you can just come back to the present and figure out, well, what technologies exist? What diets exist? What therapies exist? What can I do today? but not looking at your child like a project because they're a child. I laugh with my wife now because working in the media and sharing our story, 
I'll get a phone call or a DM from someone saying, hey, can we talk? And you know exactly what it is. You know, it's like, sure, no problem. Absolutely no problem. You know, it's, it's, and it's the same thing. Good, now you're there. Now it's time to move forward. And now it's time to understand that it's just, just a journey. It's not a death sentence. Exactly. And you can, you, you can appreciate how hard it was for that person to write you those words. Yeah. Can you, because for them to get to the point in which they can admit something like that um, is tough. And so I have, I have a couple of things going on with, with my, my, I have an Instagram account and I also have a, a show that I do every, every week live. And it's about helping any parent that's going through any unexpected diagnosis, because whether it's autism, cerebral palsy, diabetes, cancer, whatever it is, if it's unexpected, it's unwanted. And if it's unwanted, we're going to denial. And if we're going to denial, we're in pain and we freeze. And so I have found uh, that through my voice, um, we can get these people consciousness, mindfulness, like, okay, yes, I am exactly there. I hate my life. I'm in denial. Great. It's a good place to be for a second. How do we get out? How do we move on? How do we embrace the things that we usually fight against? You fight against your intuition because you don't want to hear it. You fight against, you know, reality. You, you want to, you'd rather go shopping or rather drink or you'd rather be on social media because you don't want to deal with your reality. But when people get sick of that because they really need you and they want your attention and you still can't deal with it, then you fight against your vulnerability. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I'm not going to talk to you. You're going to, you're going to put a label on my kid and, and we build this armor. And before you know it, we're in jail. And so, because I've gone through all those phases now, how do I, how do you get yourself out of jail? And unfortunately it starts with vulnerability. Now it's like, well, you got to drop that armor and that's exposing yourself. And so I give people the courage to do that and then embrace their reality. Like what is reality? Is it the thoughts in my head or is it what I have in front of me right now? And the moment you embrace your reality, reality, I'm talking about what is real certain, you know, you start to, you know, understand that you can handle it. And then all of a sudden your intuition comes back online because you're willing to listen. You're not scared anymore because in the present moment, you can do something about it. We have to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to hear more from Miriam and learn how technology, persistence, and love help change her autistic daughter's life forever. Today's episode of Innovation Tech Talks is brought to you by Omron. Omron is a world leader in technology designed to solve social issues, improve lives, and build a better tomorrow. They serve a range of industries which utilize their technologies to innovate and grow factory automation, healthcare, mobility, and energy management. In the industrial automation business, Omron technology demonstrates the power of machines to unleash human potential, pursuing the ideal in automation in which people and machines are working together in harmony. Omron provides sensing, control, safety, vision, motion, and robotics technologies for the automotive, food and beverage packaging, semiconductor, electronics, life sciences, and infrastructure industries. For over 80 years, Omron has helped industrial businesses maximize potential by solving problems with creativity. Learn more, go to automation.omron.com. But I, I want to, to my, my wife, I was talking to her about Wave Neuro and she had Five million questions. Uh, maybe at some point, because it's it's she wants to know more about it. But in, in a nutshell, what is it and how is it helping people? Well, first of all, you you should know it changed my life. It changed my daughter's life. Um, Raquel was diagnosed with severe autism. This was a child that at three years old would 
bite herself, scream. You couldn't take it out of the house. Like, let's say at six months old, she could go to a restaurant in her stroller. At one year old, she couldn't do that anymore. Let's say at a year and a half, she could be in the car. At two years old, she couldn't be in the car. Like her autism became progressively worse. And I am a, a very powerfully minded woman. So by age three, my daughter, this was 13 years ago, by age three, my daughter had a repertoire of stem cells, fecal transplantation, IVIGs, GCMF, all the therapies you could imagine. I even bought magic water from some Chinese dude that, that told me this works and I believed him, okay? Because it was magic. It wasn't magic, it didn't work. I spent 200 bucks for no reason. But anyways, what I, my point is, I, have, I by then had gone through the diets. I did everything that you could do physically at that age. I, I don't know if, have you, did you ever hear of Jeff Bradstreet? Well, at that time, he was one of the best doctors for autism in the U.S. He had over 4,000 patients. This was 10 years ago. So there wasn't that many cases like there is right now. And so one day he sat me down and he said, listen, I don't know what else to give you. Your daughter still severely autistic. She has gone through everything I could possibly imagine. And I have no more aces up my sleeve. And that day I was hysterical and I thought, how could it possibly, how could this be it? You know? Yeah. And he sat with me and he said, well, there's this one thing. They just talked to me. They just reached out yesterday. It's a company that uses, you know, transcranial magnetic stimulation for depression, but they want to dabble in the world of autism. And I thought, I don't know what that is. He goes, well, I don't really know much either, but let me show you their websites. But back then I was going on intuition and fear and, and love. And there was something about that that made my heart say, this is what my daughter needs. I had no scientific evidence. And so with just looking at that, something inside of me said, you need to go. So I show up and my daughter's hysterical, you know, and just to have, give you like a little bit of, of who she was. When we left Panama to go to California, I took my marriage certificate and her birth certificate because I knew that they were going to think I was kidnapping her. Mm. I knew that they would. And sure enough, she screamed and bit me. And, and she attacked me in such a way in that trip that, and this was 10 years ago. So today you say, oh, she has autism and people get it. Mm. 10 years ago, this woman's kidnapping this child. And sure enough, there they came, immigration with all the officers. And I, well, she, I'm holding the child. My husband's already looking for documentation to prove that she's mine. This is what, what, what level we're talking about of disruption for our life. So we show up and they explain, okay, you have to do a quantitative EEG, which means that um, we're going to be able to take a look at the brain waves in Raquel's brain and see how they're not working with each other. And all I heard was, what? EEG? She's not going to sit down. Like, I, I wasn't listening to the explanation. Anyways, it took four hours to get her to close her eyes for two seconds. Now, I'll tell you this, it's, it's never happened this severely ever again. I've been with this with, you know, Wave Neuro for seven, eight years. My daughter was the hardest case I ever had to do. And so, so she sits down, she, they, you know, we're strapping her in. It's when the results came back and here's her brain. And this is why she is the way she is. The, there was so much validation. I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. Let me explain to you. Her brain, the back of the brain that's responsible 
for sensory information, what you can see, what you can taste, what you can hear, what you can touch. She's not, she's not aligned at all, which means that the information that she's receiving from the world is not adequate. She doesn't know what's going on. Forget about her frontal lobe, which is completely disconnected yeah. where there's speech and there's analysis and logic and pro- cognitive processing. We can't even get there because the back is so disrupted, which by the way, it's not common. Usually children with autism have a great sensory input, like things come in. The problem is usually in the frontal lobe when they have to get it out. With her, it was all over the place. And so he goes, when you go to the, the zoo and you see a tiger in, in a the cage, what's the tiger doing? The tiger's walking back and forth. And then it comes a second where he turns around and he falls asleep. So he goes, a tiger isn't meant to live in a cage. So the way that the tiger releases anxiety is by creating a routine because he knows where he's going and he knows how how to relax that way. Your daughter right now is a tiger in a cage and her cage is her mind. And so he's like, and you want her to, to talk? What would she say to you right now? I'm scared is what she would say. And so we start the first day of treatment and I was staying in Los Angeles, which with traffic is a good hour and a half away, two hours if you're like not lucky. And the first day was a disaster. She cried and screamed and it was horrible. But the second day of treatment, David, the first thing that we saw was she didn't cry when we put it in the car. And we held our breath for over an hour. Like, don't breathe too hard because what if the spell gets broken? You know, and, and the thing that I noticed, which, and I, I didn't even dare turn around to see her. So that what I did was I put the mirror down and I looked at her through the mirror and I could see her with her eyes, instead of like having that like glazed over look, she was like intently looking at cars and at trees. And, and it was like, there's something going on when we arrived at, at BTC at the time. We didn't want to slam the door too hard. I didn't even want to get out of the car. But to our surprise, she actually got out of the car and grabbed her hand and calmly walked to the clinic. And when we went, we got into the clinic, she ran to the room that she had done the the treatment in before. She sat in the chair and she put the thing on her head. So this is the first time my daughter has ever in, you know, by then she was four and a half. The first time she ever has shown any kind of understanding towards anything. That day, we went back to my aunt's house and my husband and I are in the kitchen and we're talking about whispering almost like how amazed we are. And all of a sudden, this little girl shows up with a little cup and she says in Spanish, dame mas jugo, give me more juice. And it was like a ghost said those words because we have never heard her voice before. And we couldn't believe she started to speak after two days. And so we took our cell phone and we started to like, you know, film her because we couldn't believe it. We wanted to actually, we wanted proof. And so this Raquel goes outside and she takes a lemon from a tree, takes it out and smells it. And my first thought is, how does she know that the lemon smells? How does she know? She's been in a room for 40 years. Like, how could she possibly know? Well, there's things stored in there that she never had a chance to show. And all of a sudden, her twin sister grabs a lemon and takes it away. And I think to myself, crap, I mean, finally, she's enjoying something. And this little, she ruined it. 
And to my surprise, what does Raquel do? She grabs a lemon back and says to her sister, to my lemon, and starts to tease her sister, my lemon, my lemon, my lemon. Come on, man, two days of therapy. And so a week in, she comes up to me, which by the way, I was a nobody in her life. You know, she comes up to me and she asks me to hold her, to carry her, which was like really weird because this wasn't something she could handle. Right. Holding my daughter and she grabs me by the shoulders and she separates me from her body and she goes, <gasps> and she hugs me. And then she separates me from her shoulders. Once again, she goes, <gasps> and she kisses me. And this goes on for about 15 minutes. And my aunt is like, Miriam, is your daughter knowing you from the, for the first time? And I said, she just met me. And I'm looking at her and I'm telling her, nice to meet you. I'm your mother. And by the month treatment, we were in Disney with my daughter. Wow. So from everything from starting to speak to becoming aware of who her parents were, to being able to have zero anxiety, to being happy and comfortable in this world, no longer having to make routines to survive her environment, to follow instructions, eye contact, immediate eye contact. You know, we have gone through hell and back. But I can tell you that the day before our last treatment, right before I walked through the doors, I called my husband and I said, guess what? We're going to open a clinic in Panama. And he said, did they tell you that? I said, no. I'm telling you that, and I just want to know if you back me up, because I'm about, I'm about to make this assumption. And he goes, we'll sell everything we have. And we got the first clinic. And Bradstreet, which was a doctor that was working with Raquel at the time, he, he doesn't live anymore, but he came to Panama to see with his own eyes what had happened. And he also said, I want this technology in my clinic. And that is how how everything began. They're doing so many amazing things, furthering this, making so much technology, so many innovative things, but everything started with that little girl, with a mother with a lot of passion and a good, and a voice. You know, I believe that I could reach millions and I did. And so Wave Neuro, what does it do? It changes lives. And I am a mother with an experience. Now I throughout the years have accumulated quite a few doctors, pretty important ones that um, will put their, you know, their hand in fire for this, you know, um, people who are now sending me patients were asked before they were like, no, that's not proven. Now they're saying, well, I have no other option to give you really, because I'm a neurologist. Um, I don't want to medicate your kid because it's not really proven to me. It's anybody with a brain can, can benefit from this. It's not about changing who our children are. It's about giving them more capacity. Wouldn't you want more capacity to concentrate? Wouldn't you want more capacity to focus? Wouldn't you want more capacity, you know, to think faster, process faster? Well, our kids wanted to. The difference between that is that sometimes their condition plays against them a little bit. So why not take the lead and with this brain technology that can get them simply to have more power over themselves? Obviously, everybody is different. Every every child's gonna it's going to be different. Right, this Yeah, but here's the thing: we know. Like the first thing you said to me in this interview was, 
he's flourished. And for us, that means anything he does that is better than before. And so that's what, that's what Wave Mirror does. That's what Mark does. You know, gets them in a better place. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, how crazy is this? That he's doing this now. How crazy is that he can do that now? Um, and so I would wholeheartedly recommend this therapy for sure. How would you describe yourself in a few sentences? You know, before I would have said resilient, but I'm reading this book called Anti-Fragile. Hmm. And I'm going to tell you, I am, and I aspire to be anti-fragile. And what that means is that when I fall, I don't just get up. I see what made me fall and I figure out why the universe sent me this. Why? And I try to make it better. So I believe that every obstacle that we, that is put in front of me is meant for me to grow and to actually find benefit in it. Every single one. And so I would describe myself as anti-fragile in that resilience is no longer enough for me. Get, you know, falling and getting up, falling and getting up is not enough for me. I want to fall. I'm going to fall and I'm going to welcome it because then there's a reason why I fail. So there's a reason I can grow. I'm going to use that lesson to my benefit. And I hope that I can give that to my children, that attitude. So beyond work, um, what brings you happiness as a parent? Being present. Because I think that even though it's living in the present moment sounds really cliched and, and easy to do, it's actually really hard to do. Um, put the cell phone down for a second when your kid is asking you something or when they're telling you something about their day. You know, those moments that I can be present with them and I can actually become, you know, tap into my inner child as well. Like I just throw it, like the other day I was, I was at the beach and there was a pool and I had a cell phone and my daughter Raquel didn't want to get in the pool because she said that she never gets in at 2 p.m. She only gets in at 4 p.m. She's rigid in that way. And I thought to myself, screw this. I threw the phone and I grabbed her with clothes and I just threw her in the pool and I threw myself in the pool with tennis shoes and everything. And I said, you know what? We're just going to be in the pool at 2 p.m. with clothes on and let's just, let's just play. And what ended up happening was this really beautiful, spontaneous moment of laughter, of breaking our paradigms or rules and no, own, owning that we could have a great moment without the rigidity, even my own. And so that is what I love. There's, this is a crazy time. There's lots of moms who are working and trying to balance, you know, their life and being a parent. What advice do you have to these moms who are trying to manipulate or manage this time, right? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. 99.9% of parents would agree with this statement. My child comes first. Yes or no? Oh, yeah. But most parents don't understand. At, at least mothers, they don't understand that usually that belief comes married with another belief of another, in order for my child to come first, I have to come last. And so busy, busy, busy mom means dedicated mom, which means the best mom. And here's my medal. But at the end of the day, I'm exhausted and I hate my life and I'm resentful for everybody I have to take care of. I don't want to cook. I don't want to do the laundry. I don't want to take you to school. I don't want, I don't want. And so our life becomes filled with a bunch of, I don't want, but then I have to, because I want to be a good mom and being a good mom means I come last. And so my first advice is taking consciousness in this, that your child can come first, but for that to happen, you have to come right before them. Because if, you, if your cell phone only had a 1% battery left in it, 
are you going to give your phone to your child? Or are you going to put it, you're going to put it in the, you know, to charge what's smarter. And so we are what everything revolves around. And it, and for us to be able to handle that, we have to learn to stop, stop that hurricane of busy, crazy, crazy, the lunch, pack the lunch, go to work, take care of the husband. We have to learn to take care of ourselves. We have to breathe that. We have got to breathe. We have to find ways in which to connect with ourselves and give ourselves permission to without guilt. So what's the biggest advice? Be a priority as well, because that is how you can recharge your battery enough to deal with this fast life. Hey, life is too fast. Slow it down in your mind. What do you want for Mother's Day? What's the technology gift innovation that you, you know? I, I, want, I, I do want to say something before I answer that question. There's one really cool thing that every single mom that you've mentioned has in common with what I feel like I am. We all have a mission. We, we don't lose that part of ourselves that loves something so much that you go for it. And that is in, in part what we talked about before. It's that mom that's exhausted, that mom you know, that has so many things going on, most of us let go of that dream. Most of us let go of that mission. Right. And, and we can still be women. We can still be entrepreneurs. We can still have that power and our mission in life and still have children, you know? Yes, they're important, but so are you. And so is your life and so is your mission. And so I want to teach my children that no matter how many kids they have, they're just as important. Yes, they're under your care, but what kind of care do you want to give them? You want to be resentful? You want to be tired all the time? I want to teach them that they can do anything they want. There's no barriers. What do I, what, what do I want from others? I mean, and so I, you know, I read this question ahead of time and I thought to myself, well, what do I really, really love? And I love peace. I love to take care of myself. Like, I feel like, you know, when I have time and for myself, I read, I feed my soul. Wave Neuro is coming up with this really cool thing called Sono. Sono is more like brain maintenance, brain performance. It's for anxiety and it's for, you know, to keep us active. And so even though, you know, it's not for my daughter, it's for me. So when that, when Sono comes out, I really, really want one of those, you know, because when I was trying out the prototype, um, I would spend, you know, the 30 minutes it takes, you know, I would put it on my head and I would read and I would have a great night's sleep because of what it was doing to my brain. And so to me, it's like, if I'm going to invest in myself, like I, I want inner peace. I want my anxiety to drop. I want to sleep like a baby. I want to recharge. Like that is what I want. I want a gift that is going to support me as a woman as a mom, as an entrepreneur, as a business lady, like I want to self-care. There is a lot more of Miriam and I talking, but we're going to cut it off here. If you have any questions about parenting, autism, or how Wave Narrow might be able to help you or someone that you love, you can check out the links below. I'm Dave Wallach. Thanks for joining us.